You're listening to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast, a championship-caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York, with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. Hats, Tats, and Stats is part of the BICBP Radio Network. Check us out online at www.bicbp-radio.com. The weather is changing and the sun is shining, which means summer party season is here. And Buffalo Freddy Party Rental has everything you need to get your party started. From tents, tables, and chairs to inflatable bounce houses, water slides, and obstacle courses, Buffalo Freddy has everything you need to take your summer shindig to the next level. Not sure what to serve at your event? Buffalo Freddy does barbecue catering as well. For more details or to make reservations, head over to buffalofreddy.com or give them a call at 716-437-3339. That's 716-4-FREDDY. Buffalo Freddy is a proud sponsor of this podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I am EZD, and I am flying solo this week. Uh, got a little bit of a busy week here, uh, so this week is yours truly. Riding alone, <clears throat> uh, didn't have time to get together with the uh, any of the other boys. Uh, just schedules didn't didn't work out, so you're stuck with me and me alone, but we want to be consistent and put content out for you guys, our faithful listeners. So here I am, and here we go. Uh, the... Uh, the the sports world is getting, we kind of talked about it a little bit the last couple of weeks, but, um, you know, the sports world is kind of getting to this little, uh, this lull, all right? There's a lot of exciting things going on. The NBA playoffs are happening, I think. If you listen to the show, you know that we're, none of us are really NBA guys. Um, you know, I know they're coming into the into the finals here. I, I couldn't even tell you who's playing, actually. Uh, so I just looked it up, and looks like game one of what i what appears to be <laughs> what appears to be the finals uh between the celtics and the warriors kicks off thursday at 9 p.m and, uh, and i can tell you like i this is just something i just don't really care about uh, it looks like the celtic and the heat actually had a pretty competitive series going into what looks to be game seven yep game seven um largest margin of victory here uh the celtics 102 to 82 in one game, everything else looks pretty close. Uh, Celtics, one twenty-seven to one hundred two, uh, but everything else is pretty tight. On the other side, the Warriors just lit up the Mavericks, uh, with the exception of one game. I mean, this was pretty much not close. And this is this is my personal issue with the NBA. I mean, how can you have a conference championship that's just really nobody's in it? Um, you know, one team's just not in it. The other, the other side was pretty tight. But you know, basketball to me has become tougher and tougher to watch. You know, guys. I mean, there, there's reports coming out of other people from the NBA. You know, making comments about how all they do is shoot threes, uh, practice shooting threes, tweet and get tattoos. And I, I don't know about you guys. I mean, you you can see it in the uh, NBA All Star game. I mean, I again don't even know who it was, but the dude just literally tested how far back he could just just regularly drain threes and it was disgusting I mean he was just pulling up at half court and just nice and easy laying it in from a mile away and that's that should be like that's just boring I don't know what you need to do to make that better but I mean the fact that I, I mean I remember a time growing up when you know 120 was like oh my god and they're just la- just in the last two series, uh, the Warriors did it. The Mavericks did it. Um, the Warriors did it twice. The Celtics did it. The Heat did it. I mean, every single team hit that one twenty mark. And you know, prior to that, the Mavericks one twenty three to ninety to knock off the Suns. I mean, 
that's how, like 113 to 86, 134 to 95. Like, I, and then, but then you're going to tell me that this is like the next step up from uh, feasibly the next step up from the NCAA, which is far more entertaining. And you get scores that are like 87 to 82, you know, because oh, mostly because they play defense. Like 120 to 85. I mean, this is just 142 to 112. Come on. This is like, how is this even fun to watch? 129 to 109, 99 to 79. Uh, come on, guys. This is this is just tough. Uh, oh, look, one 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 point game, 117 to 116. Here, here's a fun one. Let's look through the scores here, and somebody can tell me playoffs round one. All right, let's get. All right, so the play in tournament, 115 to 108, 109 to 104. 132, uh, I'm, I'm just going to look for, I mean, the closest one in the play-in was the 105 to 101. More than a one-score one, one score game, because you can obviously have three points being a score. Let's see, uh, no, nothing here. 115 to 114, the Celtics over the net, so there's one one-point game, or one, we'll call it a one-score game, how's that? One point is huge, because, you know, obviously a two beats you there, but, uh, that's a one a one score a one possession game, and looking through, I'm not seeing in uh, 104 to 101, the 76ers to the Raptors. Yeah, uh, 111 to 110, Hawks over the Heat. 114 to 111, so that's what is that four, four so far, five with the one uh, hundred even to 99, and one so six 119 to 118. Do, 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 do. It's it's not getting ninety four to ninety seven heat in the Hawks. So that's seven. Um, ninety six to ninety eight. So eight, nine. Oh boy, I mean ten. So the Suns Mavericks. Or no, that one doesn't count. So we're still at nine. I, I misread that. My dyslexia kicked in, and I went cross-eyed because I'm tired. I apologize about that. But that's also part of me, uh, why I'm doing the solo, because I've had to sleep, and you know, <laughs> me sleeping didn't condole or didn't work with other people doing stuff. Well, 107, so there's 10, 107, 110, uh, Bucks Celtics. And we are getting down to the wire here, and I'm not seeing, miss, so, so maybe 10. Yeah, because this one wasn't 96 to 100 like so 11 so 11 games so far in the nba playoffs out of 89 11 out of 89 have been one possession games now okay i understand i can't really do this with the nhl uh it's not really the same because you know you you could see a two goal game where the second goal or even the third goal three goal game with a third goal scored with an empty net which is different but i mean the nba is all empty net I mean, these guys, like 137, there's no defense there. You're not stopping anybody. And, like, so it's really who scores last and who misses more is really the story of the NBA playoffs. And I just, I, it just doesn't do it for me. I'm sorry. It's just not a thing that I can really ever get into until you find a way to make it more competitive. You know, and I, I'm also not a fan of the super of the super team idea. And we're, we're seeing it a little bit in the NFL, you know, where guys are starting to go uh, and collect in places. But, I mean, even when that's the case, you you know you see guys collect in places for a year, maybe two, 
you know, we've seen the Rams like really go for broke recently. Uh, basically say to hell with draft picks. Let's just go get people who are established for a couple years and just try to do everything we can to keep the window open with that with that concept. And I think we all know that at some point this is going to erupt because not only do you have to get those people, they have to you know stay playing at that high level and they all have to like get like work together and get along. Um, you know, you you can see bringing somebody in and having them do something that isn't really their strong suit um you know like bringing in a okay so years ago the bills had a very very good uh 4-3 defense one of the top five in the league i believe it was under doug marone and then when um was it rex ryan took over he came in and was like oh we're gonna run a four or a three four and like he moved like he moved mario williams off the line into a like a floating pass rushing line uh, linebacker position which wasn't really his game uh and even if it wasn't he was younger at that point in his career it definitely wasn't what he was looking to do um you know you had your normal like three tech defensive tackle playing on the outside you had you know your one tech who is now responsible for being a true nose tackle which is different like, when you have that that Vince Wilfork type body in the middle, that 350 pound just plug that has that eats two people easy and sometimes three. I mean, you need the right personnel, right? So you go out, you get somebody, and you maybe you're you know they're not they don't fit well in your scheme or whatever it may be. I know I I think they're they do they did a, they've done a great job so far of finding guys that either fit or putting those guys in positions to fit. But I mean, at some point, the uh, all it takes is one or two years, and you know the the winning culture that goes out the window uh not not the winning culture but like when almost everyone's a rental player you know there's not a whole lot of loyalty uh i think you saw that with von miller this year where he went you know he he won one with the broncos not that, you know, he, he went and won one with the uh with with the rams last year and now you know he's with buffalo he's a rental player and you know but he took he took a a, a a, a big contract, but also a, a Bills friendly contract where it looks like a big number, but a lot of it is pushed th- four years down the road, three or, you know, three to four years down the road, where you're probably thinking at his age, he, he probably not going to be bouncing around the league much more. He's probably not going to be looking to play much more. And there, you know, there's a walkaway clause for both sides. And, you know, but you got him, you know, two to three years, give me your all. Let's go win another one. Let's get you your third ring and we'll go from there. And, I mean, but I mean, he could have went back to the Rams. He could have went back to to where he just won one, and you know the whole run it back concept. And he didn't. You know, all it takes is a couple more of those guys, and all of a sudden you're looking like, well, we have no draft capital. Um, you know, at, at some point you're going to need a, a new quarterback. Stafford is great. I love Stafford. I think he's a uh, been underrated and underappreciated most of his career. But uh, you know, you look at this and you say, "All right, you, at some point these guys are going to walk away, and you have nobody young coming up behind them. And it, are people going to just continuously trade you and like and allow you to sign and while staying under under the cap? You know, these studs, these 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 freak athletes. I mean, you know, you look at it. Um, you got lucky that Odell Beckham worked out, and." You know, if if he comes back, I'm not I personally. I'm not sure, and I'm not going to take the time while I'm on the air with you guys to find out if he's currently re-signed or not. But I mean, he got hurt, and he. You know, we all know there's always that chance that you don't come back the same. You're not the same guy. Uh, you know, Cooper Cup was a young a young dude that they brought up that they brought through, 
you know, they, they got Robert Woods. He got hurt, and now all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's kind of... Uh, actually, I don't think he's with them anymore. And, you know, at some point, you have to have young talent coming up, or you're just going to try to keep reloading with, with vets, and it's going to get tougher and tougher as you go. I mean, you only have so many first-round picks you can sell. Before, you're talking about selling first-round picks from four and five years from now. And, I mean, there's some people who, like... I mean, how much value am I getting for you know, a, a first round pick in four seasons from now for a dude who's good currently. I mean, at some point, like, it, it, listen, if I have like four or five dudes that are on, like on the verge of being done, I know I'm not going to resign them. And you're willing to give me, you know, your first and second for four and five years, three and four years from now, I might take that shot, especially if I have a young crop of dudes coming up. I have, you know, young talent and I, you know, want to free up some space and stuff like that and maybe make some other moves. Uh, and all of a sudden, I do that with two teams, and all of a sudden, in three years, I have three first-rounders and three second-rounders. That'd be awesome. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see how this boomer bust concept in the NFL goes. But going all the way back to the original point, um, you know, you look at these these NBA teams, and, like, these dudes literally get together and in the offseason, like, all right, where do we want to go play? And they basically say, like, okay, so uh, we all want to play together. I'm a free agent. You're a free agent. He's got two years left in his contract in City A. Well, you think we can all play in City A? Well, listen, guys, I'm here for two more years. I already talked to him. They're in for signing both of you. All right, cool. Let's go. And now you get to play. Like, all right, well, hey, uh, by the way, these two dudes that, that are already here are pretty good. And uh, I actually, I bumped into so-and-so last week, and he wants to come play, too. So now all of a sudden, you got, like, this super team of six dudes that, like, I, that could have been an all-star lineup like a starting all-star lineup two years ago when they all played on different teams, and now they're all on one team. And that's boring. And the best part is, I mean, so LeBron was the first one that did that, right? You know, the whole uh, the decision and, you know, I'm taking my talents to South Beach, and then they did the whole promo, like, we're not going to win one. We're not going to win two. And yada, yada. You you guys all remember that. We all we all saw it and would love it or hate it. We, you know, we all understood what it was. And you know, since then, it's been like, okay, well, how do you compete with that? Well, we have to do it, too. But only one team wins at the end. So at some point, like you're putting these super teams together. The teams that aren't doing it are getting buried, absolutely buried. And then, you know, for two or three years, those teams are hot. They're, you know, they're there, they're running it. And then they kind of, they went, you know, then they fall, start falling off because you might see a dude who gets disgruntled because he was part of the original plan. And now, like, he's not seeing the floor as much. He's not seeing the ball as much. And, you know, that's one of those things like you, you it's all well and good in concept when your assumption is you're going to be a centerpiece and you're going to be featured but when you're not getting the rock it's tough it's tough we see it in all sports you know when you're not you know when you go to play somewhere and you're like oh we're going to win and then you, there there's an ego there there's a there like the you have to talk about egos when you talk about sports you have to and you know i don't know many guys who are like who get together with three buddies and say, let's go all play on one team and dominate. And then all of a sudden you go there and like, they already had starters. They already had dudes and they were probably a decently competitive team to some extent. And then you go there. So what happens to the odd man out? Hey, like the three of us decided to go here and start playing. And now I'm not seeing the ball as much. Like maybe I'm nearing the end of my career. Maybe I'm slowing down a hair, but like, I'm not on the floor as much. Like what the hell? All right, I'm out. And then, you know, who knows? We and we've all seen it. And I'm, you know, and this is against nobody in particular because I don't follow basketball enough to say like this guy did this or this guy didn't do this. But I mean, we all know that there could be a thing where suddenly that guy's got friends in the locker room and they think he should be playing. Yeah, you know, and 
if you don't think that happens, uh, you don't. Uh, you're obviously not on Twitter enough because, I mean, there are times where every st- every stat on the planet says a dude's not very good. Every time you watch him play, the eye test says a dude's not very good, and nothing that has has that's happened or will happen in the near future will change anyone's opinion on whether or not a player is really good. And then you'll see other players in the league like that dude's a dog. He's a baller. You know, someone needs to pay him. And it's like, okay, but you know, at some point these contracts are, and and I'm a big pay athletes guy. All right. I'm a huge pay athletes guy. I, I am not one of these people that you will find arguing that athletes are overpaid uh, mostly because at the end of the day, they're not, you know, the, I'm, I'm the guy who will tell you when you, if you were in this point zero 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 one percentile of your chosen career field and your chosen career field was a multi-billion dollar industry, you'd be getting paid like that too. Um, you know, and th- that's shout out to your, I mean, me, I am, <laughs> my, my current job description falls into the realm of uh, overpaid babysitter and or garbage man of the, my chosen industry, which is not a multi-billion dollar industry. I'm paid fairly well because it's like because that's the nature of the job, but it's not great. Like, you know, I'm not I'm not getting millions. I'm also not a point zero 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 one percentile. I'm like the ninety ninth percentile of my cur- chosen career field currently. Uh, shout out to anybody who listens to this who uh, is hiring. Let your boy know. Reach out. But uh, yeah, so I mean, at some point, like you're like the the money that you make is somewhat consummate to your performance. As it should be, but if you're if you're one of the the elites of this field, go get paid. So, um, I've digressed quite a bit here, but so I we just I just talked about the NBA playoffs, and I'm going to switch gears a little bit because the NHL playoffs are an absolute wagon. Um, the, I mean, this is just an electric factor. If you the, we're in the conference finals. Uh, I believe the Eastern Conference Finals start tonight, uh, Wednesday night, and they do with the Rangers taking on or hosting the Lightning at 8 o'clock tonight. And this is interesting. So the Avalanche played the Oilers last night. The Avalanche won. It was a wild game. It was 8-6. to six. It was at, so 7-6 before the empty netter that sealed it. Um. The Oilers are just incredible. Connor McDavid, a.k.a. and lovingly known on this show as Connor McJesus, may go down as one of the greatest hockey players of all time. Barring catastrophic injury that shortens his career or something else ridiculous. This is just, I mean, the dude's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then, I mean, it's just watching them play. Watching these two teams play, I mean, this was back and forth. This was this was the extension of the Battle of Alberta that I wanted. All right, I was I was only upset by the end of the Battle for Alberta because it ended in Game Five and not in Game Seven. I wanted two more games of that, and then the Avalanche and Oilers came out and put it on seven six. I mean, starting goalie for the Avs leads, gives up three goals and sixteen shots, and then leaves with an upper body injury. I mean, McDavid just. Just does what they do. You know, the Oilers, this is the third series in a row they've lost game one. And they're in the conference finals, losing game one of the conference finals to the best team in hockey in the Avalanche. And, I mean, the West, we're just seeing goal after goal after goal after goal after goal. 
I mean, it's it's incredible. It is absolutely incredible what we've seen this year from the West. And on the other side, I mean, the Rangers and, you know, the Rangers are no slouch of goal scoring, right? So they 5-2 against the Canes in six in game six, 6-2 in game seven. Um, I mean, looking at some of these scores, Avalanche, you know, three, you know, three to two, I mean, three to one, five to four. But the thing that stands out here is the fourth team that I haven't mentioned yet because they haven't played in a while uh, are the Lightning. The Lightning swept the Panthers last round, two nothing, five to one, two to one, and four to one. The Panthers didn't score more than than a goal in a game the entire time. Uh, the series prior to that, the Leafs lost two to one, four to three. So they were they were able to put three in, and you could make the argument there they won four to three. They let's see here, seven to three, and hold on one more, one more. Uh, they won five to two, lost five to three. I mean, so and I've lost track of what games I've talked about, what I haven't on that one. But I mean, Tampa just keeps getting better. Tampa's goaltending, uh, Vaslevsky, I believe his name is. This dude is unbelievable. This guy is a playoff machine. You know, the Rangers have been scoring, you know, been scoring goals, been putting the puck in the net. Um, I mean, four goals, five goals, six goals, and Tampa doesn't give up goals. So that that's going to be, can the Rangers put the puck in the net on the probably the greatest goalie of our generation. Um, this dude is unbelievable. And I think we're going to see fireworks on the other side for however many games it goes. Uh, the Oilers are going to try to play. They're, they're playing a, ga- a game of catch me if you can with a team that's built to play catch me if you can. Uh, if, they're, if, if the Avalanche's goalie is out, if their starter is out for you know any extended time here with that upper body injury, it's going to be interesting to see you know, that could sway things in, in favor of the Oilers. Who knows? Maybe the Avalanche's backup gets hot, you know, ride then ride the hot hand. But uh, this is going to be fun. I'm intrigued to see what the Rangers can do against the Lightning tonight, uh, especially, again, they're, the, the Tampa Bay goalie, uh, Vaslevsky, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double check to see if I'm actually saying that right because, oh, boy, um, Vasilevsky. Okay, Vasilevsky. I'm going to stop saying it because I'm probably butchering it. But, I mean, he's the, he's easily one of the best goalies of our generation. His, his stats in elimination games are disgusting. He, of the last seven elimination games or series clinching games, whatever you want to call it, um, he's faced about 200 shots and, and stopped 199 of them. Um, that clip is disgusting. That's an insane pace, and I feel bad for anyone who's on the other side shooting the puck because, I mean, that's a 0.995 save percentage. That's el- like that makes elite save percentages look bad. That's how disgusting that is. And this is going to be exciting. The play the NHL playoffs are so good. And then once this is done, we have NFL OTAs, which are only fun and interesting because of potential injuries and you know shakeups and seeing guys like stand out and stuff like that. And then. It's it's baseball, and I love baseball. I'm a baseball guy. If you know me, I run a baseball podcast. For Christ's sake, um, I'm a, I'm a I'm a baseball guy. But the season is so long, 
and th- that's not a knock. I, I love that any day of the week you should be able to turn on the TV and watch a, a, a baseball game. Um, baseball sucks as far as like their coverage goes. Uh, not as much as the NHL. The, the NHL is getting better. I think you know, they're a little bit more in the public light this year. And hopefully going forward, they see the benefits of that because, you know, being able to watch your sport. But I mean, there's like I, we live in I live in Buffalo. Everybody on this podcast lives in Buffalo. And there are certain like blackout rules and stuff that like catching. I mean, p- there's people who play who pay for MLB like show packages that can't watch certain games because of like the weird blackout rules in the MLB. That's not good for the game. That's not good for anybody. I don't care who you are. That's that's not how you draw it up. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those things for me that and it, it makes it tough because there's such like the the MLB is such a long season from a content a content standpoint. I don't know anybody. I mean, we'd probably lose a good chunk of our listenership if we just sat and talked MLB and. You know, I, I think there's things that you can talk MLB wise. Um, you know, the 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 velocities that we're seeing are disgusting. I just saw a kid in JUCO the other day pumping pumping triple digits, touching 101 a few times. That's disgusting. And to think that there are kids out there that like out of high school are like, I'm too good to play JUCO. Yo, there's a dude. There's a dude touching triple digits in JUCO and giving up hits. <laughs> like there's people that are hitting them. I I don't know if like oh I'm too good for it. Now are you though? Arya, um, that dude's going to be the biggest Juco bandit of all time. That dude's going to come in to a school where the, like, there's going to be some kid who thinks like, this is my year to be the ace, to be the hammer. And this dude's going to come in pumping one Oh one. And he's going to, the kid's going to be like, well, there goes that. But, uh, and I mean, that's if he, if he's a starter, I'm that, but that part, I'm not sure. However, uh, I digress here. Yeah, we could talk about those things. We could talk about the, how the velocities are up, how exit velocities up, how, Home runs are are up, strikeouts are way up, batting averages are way down, and the analytical side of things. It's not a baseball it's not a baseball heavy show. We're a little football heavy. We're trying to get a little bit away from that, especially during not football season, uh, because we're so hot and heavy into it during football season that we want to bring you guys more. So, what are we doing? Uh, we are going to do the what if L. All right, so like it's going to be a what if league. And what it's going to be is basically a the concept of like what ifs. Uh, what if you had the opportunity to? And we're going to start this coming week with. And this is going to be some content creation. This is going to be some podcast show. This is going to be all kinds of different stuff. Just to keep things fresh and kind of like you know recharge the show a little bit before we dive into the NFL season. Um, we're probably not going to do the insane full tilt previews like we did. Um, Last year, you know, going through every free agent pickup and trade and drafty and all the other crazy stuff that we did for the NFL division by division, uh, we'll decide what we're doing for the upcoming NFL season when we get there. However, I can tell you what we are going to do is the first one of the first things we're going to talk about is potential ideas for divisional realignments, uh, and we're going to start with the NFL just because you know that again being an NFL heavy show, that's the easy place to start. But we're not going to talk about it on the show necessarily. Um, depending on who comes on next week after we post after we post the graphics and, and stuff, we might discuss why they went with where they went and go from there. But I mean, it's going to be content stuff. It's going to be what it like. It, you know, be, okay, Ben Bold Claim Ben has the ability to create graphics for like if say you were to pick one sport sports franchise and move them, um, 
or if you were to create an expansion team somewhere, like what would you do? What would the jerseys look like? Things of the sort. Uh, I don't know that I possess the ability to do that, to do that stuff from a graphic design standpoint. I know, again, Bolt Claim Ben does. That's what he does. Uh, check out yellichgraphics.com uh, to check out the stuff that he has done. He's done jersey swaps for his friends going to college, you know, from from a Depew jersey to an Alfred State jersey and things of the sort. Um, you know, he was doing our potential, our, our reverse retro concept for the NFL that he fell off after like, I don't know, six weeks or something like that. But it, it's, and it's tough to stay through those things for 32 weeks. But, um, you know, just doing things like that, like I don't possess that ability. I make a lot of our graphics. I make a lot of our things, but I, I don't possess the ability to do that stuff quite yet. Um, so we're going to do certain things that like, if, if it's easy to make a graphic of it, we're going to do that. If it's tougher to make the graphic and we have to go more with a, like talking about it, like I think it would be cool to talk through moving a team and what we would like where we would move them to like what like what the team name would be what the color scheme jerseys like and there's some easy ones out there there's some ones that could be more creative um you know we're going to talk about like hypotheticals like uh different discussion topics things like that like just off the top of my head what if um like what if the tuck rule was never ruled an incomplete pass like what, what if that was actually what if that was a rule to fumble and the Raiders go on to that Super Bowl? Um, is the legend of Tom Brady still a thing? Do they, you know, look and say like, "Hey, this kid, like, we got lucky with this kid, but we got a dude who's, you know, been an All Pro and a Pro Bowler that's coming back from injury." You know, do we do we sell? I mean, they they moved Bledsoe to the Bills. Do the Bills end up with Tom Brady? And then if so, I think we could all make the argument that Tom Brady probably doesn't end up as Tom Brady. Um, you know, because and I'm because I'm a big proponent of to some extent, you have to be put in a position to succeed, regardless of how talented you are. You know, it, it, so so in baseball, uh, Bryce Harper went to the Nationals. The Nationals were not a great team, and he was really he was a stud. He was a star, and he still is. But his his success and the team's success are not indicative of each other. Um, you know, and when the, the when the team around you in baseball, when the team around you is not great, it's easier to kind of pitch around you and you know be a little bit more like pitch pitch with a different thought process because like oh we're up six nothing and this is there's two outs and nobody on, let's get after them. Um, oh look, there's a couple guys on like you know there's there's somebody on second base with one out and the guy behind him really didn't hit too well, so let's just you know that let's be safe, work around him and maybe we get lucky and get some you know get some soft contact or get him to swing and miss at something trying to do something big and if not then we'll just pitch the guy next to him and he'll probably roll into a double play um you know but in the NFL you know, you can have a guy that takes over a game you can have a running back Jonathan Taylor or Derek Henry who takes over a game can they do that every game no but they always they always have the ability to just take over a game and run away with it uh, quarterbacks. I mean, we watched Deshaun Watson, who I mean, and hopefully someday I do hope that we get to watch Deshaun Watson play football again. But I don't know. if I mean, there's rumors that sources within the Browns feel that Watson won't play again this year or won't, you know, will be suspended for the season by the NFL. Uh, it doesn't help that a, another lawsuit just got tacked on to the, his whole thing. Um, but I do hope we get to see him play because when he does get to play, he's exciting. He's fun to watch, and he's the guy that can take over a game. Mahomes can take over a game. Brady can take over a game. Allen, Jackson, um, you know, and he, even if even if Jackson does it in a different way than other people, he can still take over a game if, if allowed to do so. Uh, but you got to be put into a position to succeed. If Lamar Jackson was put into a more traditional stationary pocket passing um, 
offense, he probably wouldn't be as successful if, you know, like Josh Allen, the things that they've done to kind of protect him while he grew into what he is now or appears to be now, you know, they put him, they tried to put him in a position to, in, in a position to succeed as best they could with what they had, you know, and people talk all the time, those two dudes, uh, Watson and Mahomes, both could have been on, on my bills, but they both could have been on the bills team, but you look and you're like, okay, who did Mahomes, who was Mahomes throwing to his first year in Kansas city? He had Kelsey, he had Hill. I mean, he had an established offense and they upgraded the quarterback position from a talent standpoint. And he got to sit and learn behind one of the more intelligent quarterbacks uh, in recent history and Alex Smith. So, was he put into, into a good position to succeed? Yes. Uh, when Deshaun Watson started with Houston, he had one of, if not the best overall receiver in the league in DeAndre Hopkins. And I mean, he had a solid, a, a, a decently solid team around him. If either of those dudes would have come to Buffalo, they'd have been throwing to uh, Calvin Benjamin, Zay Jones, uh, Clay, and a whole lot of not much beyond that. I mean, and, and and behind one of the just an atrocious, atrocious offensive line who had, you know, who had a couple solid players, but I mean, as, as a whole, they were not good. They were not a good offensive line unit. Would, would Deshaun Watson be Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes without the supporting cast that they had their first couple of years while they grew into who they are now? Because I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying that Patrick Mahomes wouldn't be Patrick Mahomes without Travis Kelsey, without Tyreek Hill. I'm not saying that Watson wouldn't be Watson without, um, oh my God, Deon, uh, without D-Hop. But having those guys helps. Having a guy that you can, I mean, we we make the joke all the time. We make it in Buffalo. People make it in Kansas City. They've made it in uh, Arizona's a big one right now with Kyler Murray. You know, where you can just, like, just say, fuck it. And throw it downfield, like up, up, screw it. Tyreek's out there somewhere. Screw it. D hops out there somewhere. Screw it. Diggs is out there somewhere. Like, and you can just you can throw it up and trust that your guy is going to have a, a better shot to come down with it than the other guy. Um, you know, having that that security blanket helps, and then you know that helps you develop the. It, it kind of it helps you develop as a quarterback to to know you have safety blankets, to know you have somebody you can fall back on. You know, I mean, Josh Allen wasn't supposed to start his rookie year. He wasn't supposed to see the field. He was supposed to be QB three to sit back and learn. And then because of injuries and, you know, um, AJ McCarron being like, well, I didn't come here to be the backup, bro. You got beat. You got flat out beat. I, okay. I don't know what to tell you. Um, you know, we can sit back and laugh about the, the Nate Peterman starting thing, but he, he won that job. Anybody who watched the bills preseason, Peterman won that job. And then McCarron was like, all right, I'm out. Okay, and then Peterman sucked, and who was it? Kyle Orton got hurt or whatever. Whoever else was was supposed to be between, so he wasn't supposed to start. And you know, not only was he very green and very raw, but then he didn't have anybody to bail him out. Uh, you know, he he had Robert Foster was probably his his most consistent target that year, and he made a couple plays that year that made you look and go, "Oh, there's some talent there." Okay, he's not just a, just a big. You know, a big mobile dude who can run you over and beat you with his legs, but can't throw with a lick. Like there, there is there is some talent. And then he worked his tail off, and then the talent around him got better too. And you know, people equate those two. They like, oh well, look, you know, you got John Brown and Cole Beasley, and Allen stats went through the roof. Allen also worked his ass off. 
And then he kept working his ass off, and they added Diggs the next year. And now this Gabe Davis kid looks to be, oh, my God, right? Like if, he's, if he has anything close to what he showed against Kansas City, oh, boy, look out. Um, so, you know, but again, would it have been better if, if Allen didn't have to be thrown to the wolves that first year? Like he got banged up a few times, rightfully so, you know, and now he, he's so dangerous with his arm that you have to respect the arm and it makes his legs more dangerous and he can protect himself a little bit. So, I mean, where you go matters, where you go is definitely important and in football more so than, um, more so than others. I listen and not having a co-host here, this sucks. I have no idea where this conversation started. At this point, I'm just rambling. Um, so going forward, we're going to be looking at like, okay, there we go. So like if Brady came to Buffalo back in the day instead of Bledsoe, would Tom Brady be Tom Brady? Probably not. He wouldn't have been in a good system that protected him, that was focused on the running game and a stout defense. Did we have a stout, did the Bills have a stout defense back then? Yes, they did. However, uh, that didn't necessarily, that doesn't necessarily mean it translates to your quarterback turning into who he was. Um, you know, we had some decent running backs at the time, but we didn't have the coaching staff that could like kind of bring him along, put him in good positions, put him in a system that was going to be really good for him and then let him grow into what TB 12 became. Maybe that was a thing that happened if the tuck rule wasn't a thing. Uh, if you don't believe me, if. Oh, my God, I just blanked on a name. I had it and I blanked on it. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt Castle. There we go. Uh, if Matt Castle would have turned out and won the AFC championship game and then potentially won the Super Bowl the year that Brady got hurt. We may have been, I mean, a win, maybe two away from, you know, Matt Castle being Tom Brady, like Tom Bradying or Drew Bledsoeing Tom Brady. However you want to say that, like Tom Brady came in, went out, ended up winning the AFC championship, ended up winning a Super Bowl, was young, up and coming, and... I mean, they, they almost had the same amount of top. Brett Bledsoe was there from 93 to 01. Brady was 01 to 08 at the time. Matt Castle comes in, wins the wins the AFC Championship, potentially wins the Super Bowl. Does Brady get shipped out? I don't know. Maybe. It's possible. I, you know, but that's that's going to be the point of those episodes is like talking like some what if scenarios uh, from all different angles. And so that'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. And we hope you guys stick with us here and uh, fight through the dog days of summer. You know, in the past, we've done movie athletes, we've done sports movies, we've done all kinds of cool stuff. We're going to probably, who knows, we might even mix something like that in again, and uh, different lists, concepts, ideas, anything and everything is on, on the table. So keep you on the lookout for that. And uh, we've got some other cool stuff coming up, and uh, we're going to be starting between Hat Stats and Stats, Tip of the Cap podcast, uh, common debauchery and the producers. We're going to be starting a Patreon, which is going to offer some cool, fun ways for you guys to subscribe to extra, extra and excess content, extra episodes, fun conversations, maybe some pre-recording conversations, uh, back and forth, maybe a little bit more dicey or spicy content. I don't know. I'm not sure what's in store. I do know that uh, it's going to have its own show. If you guys listen to common debauchery, uh, it'll be, it'll host the common debauchery drive time episodes, which the first couple will be on the BICBP network. And then we'll move over to Patreon just to kind of give you guys an idea of what those would be and what they might sound like. Uh, so that'll be fun, interesting, and a good time as well. And, uh, I don't know what we're going to do hat stats and stats wise, but, um, 
maybe you know part of the ask me anything could be involve any and all of our gamut of hosts between all the shows so that being said thanks for tuning in guys thanks for sticking with hat stats and stats for all you know as long as you have so far and you know we look forward to uh, if you kind of notice we've been t- not not rebranding but updating the brand i guess uh going from a buffalo centric pro sports podcast to a championship caliber pro sports podcast based in buffalo new york we do talk Bills, Sabres, heavy, but uh, we do focus on pro sports as a whole as I tried to do this episode. And I'll tell you what, it is not easy to talk to yourself for 40 minutes, and that's what I just did. So uh, like, follow, share, subscribe. Find us on Facebook, Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast. Uh, Find us on Instagram or Twitter at HTS underscore pod. Visit our sponsor, www.buffalofreddy.com for all of your uh, summer party needs up to and including tents, chairs, tables, bounce houses, slip and slides, uh, combo slip and slide uh, obstacle courses things like that and uh, you can call them at 716 freddy that is 716-4-F-R-E-D-D-Y and the numbers that correspond to that you heard at the top of the show if you need to go back and listen go back and listen um, and a shout out uh, whether or not it's at the top of the show I don't know yet because I haven't you know finished my conversation with the young man but uh, we either just did or will be showcasing a brand new intro to the show uh, by young up-and-coming recording artist from Akron, New York, Garrett Black. Uh, so if it's at the top of the show, cool. If not, it'll be on the top of the show coming up very soon. And uh, we look forward to working with him and even possibly bringing him on the show to kind of talk some sports and things of the sort. So, um, again, tell your friends, tell everybody about us, follow us on social media. And that being said, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll catch you next time on Hat Stats and Stats. Hey, come on now. Here we go, bud. Let's go. Put the ball in play here. And a boy, dig, 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 dig. You're out. What? Oh my god. Man, can you believe that game ended on such a bad call? You know, I sure can, coach. But you know what's never a bad call? Tuning into the Tip of the Cap podcast on the BICBP Radio Network, Western New York's first and only prep baseball podcast. Tune in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or at www.bicbp-radio.com and check out all the action. It'll be the best call you've made all year.